Welcome to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Brit Happens is an interview-based audio show where successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and thought leaders discuss how they've navigated unexpected career curveballs and turned setbacks into wins and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Our purpose is not just to identify the issues and obstacles, but dive into the thought processes and tactics that can be deployed to overcome challenges all of us face. You hold a position that very few people qualify for. What do you attribute to your success? You have to have the right balance between ego and an understanding that people create an opportunity for you to be successful. You can't do it on your own. When I accepted the job as Broward County's administrator, there were certain goals I set for myself. One of which was I didn't want to be another county administrator that couldn't get that second runway built in Fort Lauderdale. Once that runway opened, and that was just sheer vision, it was personal goals, and quite frankly, extremely good leadership. And I'm not talking about my leadership per se. I'm talking about the leadership that exists in the current airport director and his predecessor. Social media has its pluses and its minuses. When you're in this seat, rarely do you hear from people about, you know, the things that are going well. But boy, would they let you know when things are going bad. And what's very difficult is that sometimes you know that they are misinformed Mm -hmm. or ill-informed and you dare not say that because then that becomes insulting. So I have taken the position that I get up every day with a positive attitude. So it's about walking in that door every day to lift the people that are around me. And, you know, yesterday was yesterday. Today is the day. Let's, Let's keep it moving. Be you. But be the best you that you can be. You really can't be someone else. You have to be you and you have to be purposeful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Brit Happens. I am Brittany Sharpton and thrilled to be here with a very, very special guest this afternoon. We have Mrs. Bertha Henry, who is the county administrator of Broward County, Florida. In this role, she acts as the CEO of Broward County, managing a budget of $5 billion and directs the functions of county government, which includes about 2 million residents, operations for nearly 60 agencies, including the Fort Lauderdale Airport, the Seaport, and the Greater Fort Lauderdale Convention and Visitors Bureau. For those who are listening who are unfamiliar with South Florida, to put things into perspective, because this is a big deal, Broward is the second most populous county in the entire state of Florida and the 17th most populous county in the United States. So, Mrs. Henry, thank you so much for carving out some time to sit down with me. Let me just first of all say I love the tagline, Brit Happens. Thank you. So I think we're already sort of setting the stage for uh, a fun half hour. Thank you. So let's go. So I wanted to touch upon economic development you as as a role model. So South Florida is a major economic engine for all of the Southeast United States, and Florida is now the third largest in the nation. What gives Broward County such a major advantage over other cities in the region? So it's location, location, location. 
think about it. We're in the middle of the hottest region in the United States. So when the state of Florida moved from being number four to number three, um, and from a popular standpoint in the, in the country, um, that's because people recognize what um, this region has to offer. So you, you will hear a tagline, life less taxing. Well, when you think about people living in the, uh, the Northeast and other uh, Midwest communities, um, taxes are a very critical part of the way they continue um, uh, government and how they provide their services. And we're able to do that um, in a way that really fosters economic development. A lot of our businesses get to keep the money that they make and reinvest in um, they've been doing that for quite some time, and I just think this is one of the hottest regions in the in the United States. <laughs> I agree. I'm a little biased. I'm also a Miami native, but I agree. I recently read in the Wall Street Journal that Fort Lauderdale Airport is rated one of the top five airports in the nation. How are you able to transform the airport to be such a national economic engine? So it's vision, right? Mm-hmm. Um when I accepted the job as uh, Broward County's administrator, um, there were certain um, goals I, I set for myself. One of which was I didn't want to be another county administrator that couldn't get that second runway built in Fort Lauderdale. And once that runway opened, and that was just sheer vision, it was personal goals, and quite frankly, extremely good leadership. And I'm not talking about my leadership per se. I'm talking about the leadership that exists in the current airport director and, the, and uh, his predecessor. We talked um, uh, continually about what it could mean for us to have that additional runway. And I know that there were some in the community that were a little hesitant and had some concerns, but um, it turned out to be more than we could ever expect. So I would say good leadership, having that vision, and then perseverance. Because a lot of things occur along the way, but you have to just be uh, um, consistent in your push and your Mm -hmm. drive to get that vision realized. Keeping your eyes on the prize. Keeping my eyes (laughs) on the prize. Port Everglades is one of the largest passenger cruise and cargo ports in the nation. How close are you to overtaking Miami, and how do you work with the port of Miami for regional market share protection against other major ports in the United States and the world? So first of all, um, I'm going to be careful how I answer (laughs) that question because Carlos Jimenez, the mayor of Miami, and I are good friends. And so we challenge each other a lot. And, you know, he has a saying that, you know, the um, if you're uh, in outer space, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things, one of the lines that are clearly there for you to see is the divide between Broward and Miami <laughs> Dade. And and every time he does that, I want to boom him, right? Um, but the bottom line is that we, um, there is more business than any one port can handle. Mm-hmm. So we really, um, while we're competitive in a way. Um, At the end of the day, there's enough work for both counties, and not one county can handle all of it. So we have, uh, with the two business communities and and the leadership, we've talked about looking at this from a regional perspective, 
what's good for Broward is good for Miami-Dade and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So when we promote and accentuate um, the, the, um, the advantages and disadvantages of being other places and we tout what South Florida has to offer, mm -hmm. um, we, we're doing that from a regional perspective. And, um, um, and I think long-term that's going to be our best. That said, I'm accountable to the Broward County Board of County Commissioners and um, the leadership at the port um, uh, has goals and objectives um, that have to be met. Uh, Broward County lacks its balanced portfolio. Um, there was a time when our revenues were a third petroleum, a third uh, cargo, and a third cruise. Uh, then crews really started to take off, and crews started to be um, more and more dominant in our in our portfolio. Um, and I I think that's great, um, but I also want to make sure that I don't lose sight of cargo mm -hmm. because you know the cargo business is really once again one of those things that really create that economic engine for you. Um, it. A lot of people have jobs as a result of that. So we keep our eye on all of it. Mm -hmm. I have friendly competition with um, Miami, but in the long run, it's about what's good for one county is good for the other. And I'm not going to exclude um, Palm Beach from that as yeah, well. Right. Uh, as we do try to uh, work and operate as a region. So it's been good for all of us. Right. I agree. It's definitely from the perspective of the rest of the nation, they look at the Tri-County as one, but there's definitely a 305-954 unspoken rivalry. So it's always interesting to me. Um, transportation, particularly roads and rail, are badly needed. I know we spoke about the ports, but I would love to see maybe in 15, 20 years a huge resurgence and growth in the region. So to keep our region competitive and spur future growth, what is planned and what should the public be excited about? So we were very, very fortunate in 2018 to pass a bond and um, a transportation surtax initiative where the, where the public, um, by a margin of 60% affirmation, said we have to do something about transportation in this region. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Both Miami-Dade and Broward really... Uh, market to the international community as well as to the, the national community. And many of our travelers and visitors to, um, to this region, they're accustomed to public transportation. They okay. move around in public transportation. It's the local community that we have to sort of, you know, gear up for that. And I think they've spoken, at least here in Broward, they said we're willing to tax ourselves with an additional penny mm -hmm. on, on, on a dollar to make sure that the county and its leadership can start to really plan um, for mobility mm -hmm. in our community. And that's all modes of mobility. Unlike Miami-Dade, Broward County is pretty built out. So we don't really have a lot of opportunities to expand roads. Mm -hmm. So public transportation really has to be at the very essence of how we do that going forward in the future. Um, the uh, modes of transportation, when you talk about rail, um, the technology is changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. We know we need to move a lot of people efficiently. 
Um, the goal is how do we do that in a in a changing technology um, um, landscape. Right. Um, but um, the good news is we are working very closely with the Florida Department of Transportation, which is a major partner with us, mm-hmm. to um, um, uh, map out what that would look like. The county and the state owns a lot of those roads that are that that handle the lion's share of the traffic. And when you, when the two are working together mm-hmm. through um, the way we manage um, the um, the light synchronization, um, how we begin to look at flyovers and intersection improvements, um, those are important. Mm-hmm. And rail and or some sort of mass... Uh, um, Um, movement of people Mm -hmm. Um, what people have said to us on many occasions oh my goodness you know nobody wants to ride the bus well you know I find that fascinating because a lot of people are very transit dependent and they ride the bus but the other thing what we're finding out and we're able to demonstrate that when you take those buses and you put the types of amenities that cater to choice riders um, they will get out of those cars. They will get on that Greyhound-looking bus and um, pull out their laptops or their iPads. They will do their work um, um, seamlessly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nobody bu- because they're sitting there getting their work done. Right. And when they get to work, they're not stressed out. I'm going to tell you someone who drove for 20 months from Broward County to downtown Miami every day. Let me tell you, that's you. You learn a lot of tricks of the road. <laughs> so to be able to do that in a way where someone else is doing the driving, mm-hmm. and it allows you to decompress and to get um, get things done. That's the way of the future. So I see um, for us a lot of. Um, uh, transportation initiatives that really focus on taking people where they want to go quickly. Right. Um, and um, in addition to just stepping up our game with local commuter service, and then as it relates to trains, whether it's trains or monorails or whatever mm-hmm. the future seems to hold best, um, uh, look forward to that. The Broward County um uh, transportation surtax generates about three hundred and sixty million dollars a year, so you can you can make some substantial progress with that. Uh, without it, we were gonna we were gonna be hurting. But well, I'm, I'm thanks excited. to the community, we're good. We're gonna we're gonna make some things happen. It's always interesting when locals mention, I guess, the stigma with buses. I lived in New York for five years, and I substantial. I mean, I miss. The subway, I know it's rat infested. I miss the buses. So it's like it doesn't even have to have the amenities like the plug in with your laptop and look as nice as Brightline. I would definitely do it to alleviate the stress of the commute. So I'm excited about that. Um, you kind of touched upon this, so I'll ask anyway. If not, we can just skip. Um, what is your vision for ensuring Broward County remains a market leader and not only improving the lives of its residents, but remaining a metropolis that continues to attract the nation's finest businesses and families. So you spoke about the economic development in the first response to the question, location, you can't beat the weather. 
Um, now we're excited about public transportation hopefully being more integrated in what's already great infrastructure, but can you elaborate? You know, I, one of the things that um, um, I think a lot about, and it is balance. Mm-hmm. There is no question that there is a chasm between the haves and the have-nots. Um, our economy for many, many years, tourist-oriented, and the jobs were relatively low-paying, so it made it very difficult for long-time Broward County residents, indigenous Floridians, and others to really uh, remain a part of the community because the costs uh, to the cost of living had really began to exceed many of our people. So for for us, Broward County, we make a concerted effort when we're looking at our budget on an annual basis, we make a concerted effort to figure out how do we how do we keep balance? Um, when you look at property tax dollars, um, you know, a lot of communities, 70, 80 percent of their money is spent with um, law enforcement. We don't we we say, you know what? Uh, law enforcement is in, is important, but so are libraries, beautiful parks, human services that take care of the least of us. Mm-hmm. Broward County is the only county that I'm aware of that funds 100% a detox facility for poor people. If you have, if you have uh, a drug addiction um, and you have resources, you can, go, you can go places to solve your problem. And we all know that this whole South, um, um, South Florida region, um, whether it was Flaca before it was something else and hydro, you know, different coatings and so forth. Addiction is a, was a big issue here. And so one of the things that we, um, and we know that uh, with treatment, people get better. Mm-hmm. So Broward County really sort of hone in on its human services delivery. So one of the largest departments that we have is human services. And that way we're looking after our seniors and uh, Broward County is definitely uh, facing this uh, senior tsunami. We have the growest, the the largest growth in population segments in our county is the very old and the very young. And you don't want the old and the young competing for resources. So, right. so we try to be thinking about that from a balanced standpoint. We want our children to grow up healthy. Um, we want our seniors to live at home and keep their dignity. We want people who are down on their um, luck to um, find redemption and find a way to, through services and programs that we have, to become um, produce um, to be good citizens in our community and find a way to make a living. and And when people come here and they see that you know people are we generally get along here and we are such a uh, a melting pot here but um it requires work it requires that you that you that you are purposeful about that right i like senior tsunami <laughs> borrow that <laughs> it's been around a little oh, well, bit so just, it's not well, didn't okay. one that i create <laughs> okay but, disclaimer but, but <laughs> I, like, I like the phrase 
<laughs> you hold a position that very few people in this county or most counties qualify for. What do you attribute to your success? You have to have the right balance between ego and an understanding that people, people create an opportunity for you to be successful. You can't do it on your own. And if you, and, and I'm one of those individuals, I love working with people. I mean, I really do. I can barely get my work done because I'm a storyteller by nature, and I love talking to people. I love um, uh, finding ways to inspire them or me be inspired by them. Um, I've had people say, oh, well, you know, what's the latest book that you're reading? I'm like, are you kidding me? I've got time to read. I mean, that's the, and then that would be truthful because I spent 13, 14 days at work. I do. Every, you know, Monday through Fridays, I come in a half a day on Saturdays. And then after that, I'm doing social um, activities Mm -hmm. and events. So there's really not a lot of time for reading. But what I am uh, purposeful about is that if I'm having a meeting with you, I try to be in the moment. I really, I am listening. I am learning. Um, I I know more about airports than (laughs) a lot of folk would would hope that I didn't know, but it's because I'm I'm in a constant state of learning. I'm in a constant state of learning. And people don't mind teaching you when they think that you appreciate right. it and that you really are. So I, I would say that my my success is that, you know, I can be abstinent and stubborn about certain things and, you know, maybe that's just the areas in me. I was just sharing that with someone yes. not too long ago. Um, maybe it's just the areas in me. But I do think that when people genuinely feel that you respected them and that you, um, you know, that you do um, care about what they do and the environment that they're in, you know, you get 150% versus 70%. I mean, Absolutely. that's just the way. You know, I, I love to have fun at work. I'm probably not the typical administrator. I don't wear a lot of blue suits and white tops. I try, you know, whatever whatever suits me that day. Mm-hmm. And and I want people to laugh when they come to work. I want them to to feel like this is a safe uh place for them. And you know, there are days that that that's that's a little bit more challenging right. than others, but but most days it works. I was also sharing that I don't read um you know, What's interesting, social media has its pluses and its minuses. And um, when you're in this seat, rarely do you hear from people about, you know, the things that are going well. But boy, would they let you know when things are going bad. And what's very difficult is that sometimes um, you know that they are misinformed Mm -hmm. or ill-informed. And you dare not say that because then that becomes insulting. Right. So rather, my I have taken the position that um, I get up every day um, uh, with a positive attitude. So it's about um, walking in that door every day to lift um, the people that are around me. And you know, yesterday was yesterday. Today is the day. Let's keep it let's keep it moving. So you're always present. You legitimately enjoy what you do. You started working very early. So your work ethic. <laughs> 
I was going to say that's impressive. 11. I was 11 when I had my first job. So, I mean, it's kind of innate in you. So, at 11, so I'm I'm the oldest of eight children. So, um, it's to say that, and, and my mother didn't work. My father really supported the family um, you know, by himself. But he that means he was always on the road, always traveling. And so you you my my mother had a lot of discipline and order in her house. I mean there was there was <laughs> lots of discipline and order. And with eight children and only one person working, um, you had to you know, you had to be respectful of the resources that your family um had. Mm-hmm. And so for me my first little job was just, it was, it wasn't much. I was, you know, I'd sweep the floor and I'd, you know, put prices on canned goods for the neighborhood store. And um, for that, I had money. So I could bribe my brothers and sisters. <laughs> I could get the things that I want without having to ask, get in line with the other seven siblings. So, you know, it had its benefits and that I still use today. You have an associate a couple miles north of us in West Palm Beach. Is it the water, upbringing, family, education? How do two of the largest municipalities in the U.S. have African-American women leading to prosperity? Ooh. So I would tell a few of Verdinia's secrets. You're referring to Verdinia Baker. Yes, Verdinia Baker. She is the uh, right. She's the county uh, manager for um, Palm Beach County. Verdinia and I know each other for many. Uh, we've known each other for many, many years. We go back to our days at Florida State University when um, I was her big sister for. Um, her, the sorority that we both belong to, Delta Sigma Theta uh, Sorority Incorporated. And she um, was um, one of my little sisters, and oh. I trained her well. So okay. you can just tell her. I will definitely you know, Make sure will. she pick up on this one. I trained yes. her well. <laughs> uh, but in all sincerity, um, <laughs> we support each other. Um, we, you know, it's really about hard work. If you don't work hard, it doesn't matter. You, you know, you'll be somebody that come and go. Mm-hmm. But we're very um, committed and passionate about the work that we do. And, um, and we're doing it for the right reason, I think. We, we want to see our communities pro- um, prosper. So we just, you know, I talked to her first it. thing this morning. Cool. It happens all the time. And you guys were on the cover of Legacy <laughs> South Florida last year. I um, hate that picture. I thought it was cute. <laughs> The South Florida's 50 most powerful influential black business leaders. And now since I know she was your little, that's even more ironic. But anyway, when I ask others about you, the common theme is she's awesome, friendly, but very tough, but also very fair. I was going to say, where does that mentality and training come from? But now that I know that you're the oldest of eight, you're obviously a hard worker. I would think you have innate competitive nature. I do. To achieve, not necessarily to push others down, but to excel and do well. So I would say that um, my very um, best friends and close friends in life have been my very best and close friends since elementary school. And um, this this same group, uh, we've been together for, you know, for a very long time. I'll be uh, 65 next year. 
And um, so I've known these people for well over, you know, in some instances, 60 years. And we have, we, we pushed each other. We pushed each other and not from a, from a negative way. You know, I hear a lot of, you know, a lot of kids today, you know, they, there's, you know, there's bullying, there's this, all these various and sundry things going on. I didn't, um, we, we didn't really experience that. We, we just, we became very close. We were involved in Girl Scouting and a, a lot of things like that. Um, the people in the neighborhood were really interested in your well-being. And, you know, it takes a village to raise. Right. Okay, let me tell you. The people in my village, they didn't mess around. <laughs> so you didn't get to really just, you know, run footloose and fancy free. Uh, there were certain expectations, and you lived up to those expectations. And, you know, as I said, my friends have been my friends my, uh, you know, pretty much my entire life. We support each other, and it's always good to have somebody in your corner that supports you, mm -hmm. uh, that um, celebrates when something positive happens for you, and don't mind telling you when they've had enough of it. Sometimes. Whatever that, whatever that is. <laughs> Sometimes we all need to be checked. So. That's right. That's right. And my friends don't mind doing it. What is the last thing that you ordered from Amazon? A mirror for my half bath. Okay. <laughs> if you can send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell the younger Bertha? Pay attention to diet pay attention to what you eat um, when we were growing up you you know you no one really talked with you about um, things like that and 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 I have uh, I've lost some good friends I have you know I've struggled with issues myself with weight and things like that so 10 years I would just say you know keep a check on things like that pay attention to um, your health and um, and uh, try to work on a little bit more balance. Okay. And last question, because it won't be what books are you reading because there's no Thank time. Thank you very much. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? So, because I like to be um, um, present um, with folk for the most part, so my biggest pet peeve is... You know, you are in a me and I have a meeting, and they're you know, and it's like people are just constantly on their phone. Mm. There are and 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 I want to include my husband. My husband will get up <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning and check his phone. So that that attachment to that phone and it's so distracting and it's just constantly sucking you in for things like that. It's very hard to um, you know to have really good eye contact with people. So you never see me with my phone. I mean, very rarely am I, you, know, you, you don't see me with the phone because sometimes it takes people a month to get an appointment. And the last thing I want, when they finally get here mm -hmm. after waiting a month, that I'm going to be talking on the phone or looking at my phone constantly. It's bad enough that my office is like a, it's like a revolving door. <laughs> <laughs> but you at least want to be present. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's... That's what I can think of at yes. the moment. Yes. Well, thank you again so, so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. This was all very informative, enlightening, and inspirational. So 
everyone will appreciate this. I would close with when I, you know, I always tell young people a couple of things. Be you. But be the best you that you can be. Mm-hmm. You really can't be someone else. Um, you you have to be you, and you have to be purposeful. Um, um, and and again, I don't um, um, I don't think that people sometimes are conscious, and I know sometimes, you know, you know, my brain is going a hundred miles an hour, and if I walk past you and I don't speak, um, that's because I'm in thought. Generally speaking, um, I I am I am heartened by the fact is that I don't care where I am. Somebody will walk up to me. They don't just say hello. They give me a hug. Why? Because they know she's a hugger. She's she like that. So, you know, but that's me. So I, I would say, you know, be be you and, and learn to create a safe space around you and a trusting space around you with the people that you pull into your circle. There are people out there right on the edge of your circle. There are some on the inside. And so you keep some as far away from me as you possibly can. And you'll figure those out. That's an awesome message, especially with the prevalence of social media. It's so easily for people want to follow, follow, follow. So thank you for that reminder. You are so welcome. And thank you guys for tuning in. If, oh, if someone wants to get on the month-long list to meet with you, how can they, how can they reach you? What's, <laughs> it may not be a month. That's just what was mentioned. So um, <laughs> my assistant, Daphne Sewell, forbids me from screwing around with that calendar because I'm not good at it. And so the best way is to just call the office Sending me an email, you may, I may never get, I, when I tell people I have a couple of thousand emails a day, I'm not kidding. So just call the office and, you know, tell them what's going on and, you know, you may be lucky, it may be a week or maybe three weeks or maybe longer, but, you know, I'll do my very best. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to visit us at www.brithappens.com. Bye.